It is uh, just after half past 10 this morning and I'm still coming to you live from the Bait Bridge border post. I'm looking at about, you know, you know uh, I spoke to Jane Tupana uh, earlier and she said there are 40 people, uh, uh, border guards being deployed. I'm looking at at least 150 from uh, uh, from the little uh, remote studio that we have over here. 150 in fancy green uniform, uh, border post, uh, border guards standing uh, right outside in front of the podium where they will be addressed by various officials uh, this morning. Sitting in front of me, however, this morning um, is the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Adam Mutaleri. Dr. Mutaleri, good morning um you you were listening on your way here to jeff's call yes i was moving from wasina to to the border post to where you are when i was listening to you and that's why i demanded to come in <laughs> i'm glad you're that responsive yes uh look he raises a valid point and and many of our listeners ask this question how how do we know that these hundred and 50 odd people that I'm looking at in front of me right now are not going to be corrupted. I, I'm, I'm not sure there's a way to ensure the integrity of public servants. Um, and you spoke about this um, at the, I don't know if you recall, the public service um, summit a couple of months ago um, at the bargaining council. And you asked unions to not protect uh, the recalcitrant public servants. How do we ensure that public servants are not corruptible? Well, uh, Oliver is a pity. Uh, to paint every public servant with the same brush. If you check what happened the, the, the past few weeks, we've been arresting people in the Department of Home Affairs. Mm. We've dismissed others. We've done investigation. We've suspended people. And the people who did so are public servants. Yeah. We have a new head of the anti-corruption unit in home affairs. Yeah. Who brought a new era? Uh, that lady. She hit the ground running. To an extent where earlier last year, I mean 2021, uh, the people who are in the permitting section wrote a petition that she must stop investigating their errors. They were feeling the heat. And I'm sure you are aware on Tuesday, I went to the portfolio committee. I brought a team led by former uh, Director General in the President, Dr. Kishas Lubis, who gave a report about an investigation they were doing. Mm. And I mentioned exactly uh, what we are going to do. So not every public servant is corrupt, as people are saying. And since that time, since that, uh, I'm sure you are aware, of the arrest we did uh, in Kruger Stop. Yeah, yeah. The, yes, the, the, the passport syndicate. Yeah, with the Somali yes, nationals yes, running the syndicate. Pakistani. Pakistanis. Yes, we arrested 13 South Africans and 14 uh, uh, Pakistani nationals, including the Kimpin. Since that time, people are tipping us every single day to an extent where we are advertising 12 extra posts for the anti-corruption unit because their work is increasing. What are you? What, Members what? of the public are coming in in large numbers tipping us. Now, before you come in, <laughs> let me do what I came here to do, to answer your, your truck driver who is dismissing us. Uh, Oliver, it ends in tears. <laughs> it ends in tears. Uh, yes, I will ask him to go and ask his colleagues, a bus company called Dreamfi, which was doing exactly what this Jeff driver said he's doing. Yeah. Yes, he was making people cross here inside the bus 
with no documents illegally. And it looks like he has been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Those days are over. I came here in Good Friday, found him, and his past company even came without a passport. We are charging him 15,000 rand for every single passenger, which crossed here illegally. Yeah. 15,000 rand. And he thought it's a joke. He started appealing. I rejected the appeals. That company now owes us millions. Not the, f the 3,000 that Jeff says, I'm charging people to go through. He owes us millions. And we said, if he doesn't pay those millions, he won't come into the country. It's as simple as that. And what's more, we we called Minister Sorry, Balula. Wait, wait, wait. Beyond, beyond fining them 15,000 rand per passenger, why are they not arrested? Because that's a criminal offense. It's not a civil offense. Well, when they break immigration laws, it's, it's, it's a civil offense. But, uh, yes, when, when they break immigration law, right. we charge them civilly. But we, 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 we declare you undesirable. Right. Yes, we'll, we'll declare you undesirable in the country. We can easily do that. There are many people who have done that too, who were undermining us. But let me finish this story. We called Minister Mbalula, who called the cross-border uh, management corporation. And they met with the bus companies. The bus companies in Zimbabwe complained bitterly. They complained that they are obeying the law and companies like Rimvi, who are breaking the law and bringing people uh, illegally. They said they are distorting their business model. And they were, they were actually telling us that, no, we are happy that you are acting at long last because we have been watching this situation. We are obeying the law. Your competitor is not obeying the law. is bringing people illegally and nothing is happening to him. It will also invite us to try and compete him because he's going to compete us out of business. So it is past companies in Zimbabwe who complain about people who, who conveyance yes who convey people here illegally and without anything happening to them. So yeah. the days which this Jeff was talking about are over. Tell him to try me. I will yeah. declare him undesirable in South Africa and see, let him try us. Yeah. I heard him, you know, talking about a police which he has been bribing, they are bribable and all that. Unfortunately, I don't work in the police department. Uh, I can't represent the but minister. But you are the political principal for yes. these border guards. Yes, exactly. But I'm talking about police. Right. He was talking about police. There were no border guards. I don't know uh, uh, what they are doing now with the, within the police, but with the border guards, this is what we did. Mm -hmm. All these people who are here, there are 200, by the way. There are 200 yeah. men and women who are here. Yeah, my, I, I just did a scan yes, with my... 35 women and 165 men yeah unfortunately because we are still studying we've got a few women yeah because they were not chosen at random they are very highly trained we have already done a lifestyle audit on them yes i'm talking now we know what who they are and what they own and it's a baseline yeah life lifestyle audit we're going to keep doing it frequently to right. see yes i agree that they are human beings but wha what I didn't agree with you about, Oliver, was when you talk about people who are underpaid uh, 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 are encouraged or have to be forced to do fraud. Fraud is fraud is fraud. 
I don't think we must justify it by any way whatsoever. I'm not, I'm not justifying yes. it. I'm giving an explanation for why it happens, not a justification for why it happens. But the people who are doing this corruption you're talking about are employed and paid. There are those who are unemployed already. What should they be doing? If those who are employed say, no, no, because I'm being paid very little, I must do fraud. But anyway, let's, let's leave that argument. Those days yeah. are over. And I'm not here to claim that will seal the border until not a single human being comes in. After all, during the struggle of liberation, when the border was sealed completely, people were still able to, to, yeah. to skip and go outside uh, and train and come back and fight. They are still doing so all over the world. Yeah. So the aim of our exercise is not to stop people from coming into South Africa altogether. It's to make sure that when they come, they do so legally. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to be telling uh, the border guards there. They are not there to say no, 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 don't come to South Africa. No, South Africa is welcoming; it's open for business. Yeah. What it won't welcome is illegality. If it was happening in the past, like Jeff is boasting, today we are saying now we are starting a new chapter yeah. where that will will, 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 will will no longer happen. And 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 because we have already arrested people, and we are still going to arrest more, by the way, in the coming days. Believe you me, yeah. you are going so, to be seeing us arresting more and more people. Whether they are in home affairs or outside home affairs, anybody who breaks our law, they are going to be uh, 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 dealt with. Yeah. Perhaps we are not dealing with people in the past. That's why Jeff come to believe uh, this country is, is up for the taking. If that was the belief, they must know that today, today, we are starting a new era. The last time you and I spoke about two weeks ago was when uh, the Helen Suzman Foundation were looking to litigate against home affairs regarding the special permits for Zimbabwean nationals. Earlier on, um, a few calls before, Jeff, we had a Zimbabwean national who called in and said, but we submit our paperwork and then get nothing in return, no response in return, or whatever the case may be. Is there a administrative backlog at home affairs regarding uh, the expiry of, of the special permits and the application of one or other of the visas that are available for Zimbabwean nationals in the country? Well, l let's not talk about two different things. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about uh, uh, one thing at a time. There is a difference between the Zimbabwe exemption permit and ordinary regular permits. Yeah. South Africa has got about 17 different permits. Sometimes we call them visas. That are regular. They are open for all nationalities from any part of the world yeah. who want to come to South Africa via one form or the other of a special permit. right? And there are hundreds and thousands of them who are on such special permit. Study visas, corporate visas, visitors visas for tourism and all that. Now, we don't have any backlog on that. The Zimbabwean special permit is a an exemption permit. It was a special permit for a particular group of people under special circumstances. And it has been renewed three times. All we said is that we are no longer renewing them. We are asking them to migrate to other ordinary uh, regular permits that are there for all nationalities in the world. That's all we are asking mm, for. Mm. That this cannot be special forever. Because there are many other nationalities who are coming to South Africa and they are coming via these permits. Where there is a problem, 
we sit down and resolve it. For instance, for, for the corporate visa, we have formed a special business unit which deals with that because we don't want to delay a, a retired business in South Africa where a company come, for instance, the president of this country has held many investment summits, you are aware. Yeah. Mercedes-Benz will announce that we are opening a big uh, 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 unit in Kabeha, for instance. And we want to bring so many people from Germany. We are not going to be stumbling blocks in terms of permits, in, in, in issuing them corporate pe permit visas. Yeah. We're not going to do that. The mining company has written me a letter, the mining council. And they told me that uh, uh, this is something, Oliver, I suspect you don't know. The mining council took a decision in the year 2000 that any foreign mine worker who leaves the work by natural attrition will no longer be replaced by a foreign person, but will be replaced by a South African. Yeah. They took that decision in 2000. When they did so in the mining industry, there were 400,000 people working there who are from other countries. Now there are 105,000 because they don't replace them. They replace them with South Africa. Then they wrote me a letter and say, please give us an exemption from all these rules of corporate visas, etc. because we have already taken this decision on our own and we are implementing it. Yeah. And we gave them that waiver. Yeah. So, so, so we don't develop back, backlogs on people who want to come into South Africa legally. Right. We don't do backlogs. The backlogs you are talking about are those who are here illegally, many of whom do not want to be known. Now, come to the Zimbabwe special permit. We have just decided in December that when it expires, we are not renewing it. I hear people saying, why are we throwing it? Why are we throwing nothing? Because when we gave it to them in 2017, the agreement was that in December 2021, it will expire. Right. It's written like that. I give you a document and say it expires on this period. On the day of expiry, you start raising dust and say, no, why? Why yeah. are you doing this to me? But when you took it, it was written there that in five years' time, this document expires. Yeah. As to what happened after expiry, depend on what we have chosen. And we have chosen not to renew it. Yeah. Now, I've put together a special team which is going to process whoever wants to apply for a regular visa. That is what's going to happen. So I don't understand this backlog, which backlog people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have just started. We are starting and by December or even before we'll give you results. I don't know what is this backlog. Yeah. That Minister, people are I want us to take one or two calls before we release you back to the stage. I see them, uh, police, military, uh, the police brass band has already started performing there. A uh, very talented uh, group of uh, trumpeters and euphonium players and, and, and tubists. Um, let's take a few of the calls coming in. Nomsa out in the east of Joburg. Good morning. Morning, Olivia. Morning, Minister Mutualevi. Thank you for taking my call. Minister, you Thank were you. my minister at the Department of Health. I'm a professional nurse. My identity details were abused by a foreign national who was a doctor, came in as a UN volunteer, who used my details and took up bonds with the SNP Bank. Then, when we were Minister of Health, the matter was investigated, and the, 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 it, it was never finalized in that I was prejudiced and maladministration, intimidation, nearly killed at work, happened when you exited to be the Minister of Home Affairs. I've been to Home Affairs so many times, and they said that 
this matter, the Department of Health is supposed, was supposed to re- resolve it internally. I've opened cases with the police because, as I'm speaking with you, a foreign national, that foreign national, my identity was used to different foreign nationals in different areas of Ekuruleni. I went to Epinoni with a woman who was a Congolese, taking a child to school, same school where my daughter was, on my details. On discovery of that, the police said it was an internal matter that you neglected to resolve in the Department of Health. As I speak with you, I've phoned Oliver before. I am unemployed. I'm able to work as a professional nurse. My child has lost schooling. I'm a South African. I've never sold my ID to any foreign national. I've opened a case number in Prospect North. The police never investigated and that foreigner has applied to the current post that you have yeah. advertised to work as a yeah. home as Nomsa, an official Oliver, online. Nomsa, I think we I think we get Nomsa, I think we get the gist of the case. Can, I'm going to give the minister an opportunity to, re, to respond. No, no, no. Um, Oliver, let let me cut the story short. Can you get her details? Sure. Can you get the details? Because I don't understand how difficult is it when somebody has stolen your identity, and that happens a lot. Yeah. And, and and we do resolve them. I, I you know, when I arrived in Home Affairs in twenty nineteen, there's a lady who was married to a man he doesn't know for fourteen years, going to Home Affairs in and out. I even took him to Parliament during my budget speech. I resolved that problem within forty eight hours. Can and I I'm ask? not saying this one will yeah. take forty eight hours, but I say when you are determined. Yeah. Yes. Okay, to, I, I, I I want to establish this because Nomsa is but one case. What is Home Affairs' involvement in identity theft cases? What should be the process? To, if I discover tomorrow that I'm married to a Congolese woman um, for the last 10 years and I've, there's a bond to my name now that I have to pay FMB wants money from me, wh- what do I do? I've just informed you. Home Affairs is the only government department which has got a whole branch. That is counter-corruption. Check all the government departments. They do have maybe a director, maybe a chief director. A branch means... Something that is hated by the second in charge, a DDG. Yeah. Do I start at police or do I start at home affairs? No, you can start both ways. Okay. But, but we work with police, remember. We do work with police where we think this is criminal is beyond us. But still, on our side, we have got to do our part. Look at the issue of Bushiri. There is a part being done by police. Right. Our part is to retrieve our documents, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. That is home affairs work. It's not police work. The police work is the criminality that was involved in it. Yeah. But on our side, we say, okay, this is our document. You, you got it fraudulently. You can't benefit from proceeds of crime or, 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 for, or corruption or fraud. You're going to bring this document back. Yeah. That's why on Tuesday, the recommendation from the committee that was doing investigation was that we put a multidisciplinary team of attorneys, advocates, forensic uh, analysts, forensic investigators, data analysts, ICT experts, because we are going to start drawing dockets, and we are going to withdraw documents, and we are going to trace people. That's what we are going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, one or two more calls. Let's speak to Vuyo out in East London. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Vuyo. Go ahead. Hello, Oliver. Yeah. You know, I wanted to introduce a new dimension, and I haven't heard people saying anything about this. For instance, you mentioned that people, how do we deal with corruption when people earn low salaries? 
I went to say, grew yeah. up during apartheid in the 70s. I never, no boat, I'm not aware people paying drives in government offices to get our dumpers and other things. So I believe it's not about earning less. I think the biggest problem with us is as a black in South Africa, our parents left us with a bad culture and legacy. That culture worked for us during apartheid, but it is sinking us now. This thing that we are so friendly to everybody, successful nations are hostile to others who are invaders and so on. So people who come illegally should be seen as invaders in the animal world. But you see everybody as a black brother because it's got a dark skin. We want to help him against the government. Those are the problems we have. Because in African homes, as that happens, if an outsider comes in, you welcome in, you've got hospitality, but that's not how the world works. So we need to work on this culture of ours and change it. If people come illegally, I don't have a brother. As a minister is saying, yeah. you are here unlawfully, and we just need to treat you. Because that's what the animal world. Lions are hostile yeah. to other no, lions. Po- point, other point, point, point yeah. well made, Vuyo. Thanks a lot for that input. Really do appreciate sure. it. Mpo and Mpangeni, good morning. How are you? Uh, Mpo, go ahead. Yes, and to the minister, the, uh, good morning. I just have a, a few questions for the minister. Uh, Let's keep it to one. <laughs> we can't do too okay, many questions. Okay, one, uh, I will just round them. Uh, the first case is, uh, uh, if the answer is yes on this one, did the minister go to exile uh, during apartheid or under the MK during those years? If the answer is yes, there, did he go there legally or illegally? If the answer is yes, but how many of the ANC people were held by these neighboring countries during those struggles? Who were there illegally, and they were embraced and helped. That is my first question, but I I, I won't uh, continue answering, uh, uh, asking other questions. I think he will. Right, 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 right. Okay, that that relates quite well. That relates quite well to the previous question, Minister. Do you empathise with the Zimbabwean condition? Yes, I do, Mm. but I don't empathise with any illegality. The people who went out into exile, either PAC. Azapo, ANC, I'm talking about liberation movements, were doing so under control conditions. In fact, if you listen to a person like Musibudu Mangena, the former president of Azapo, he outlines it many times. He comes to the media, he writes articles about the laws and which govern them as freedom fighters. Yes, there were freedom fighters all over, and we embrace that. I come from a family of freedom fighters for information. Mm. But we don't embrace illegality. Illegality and freedom are not part of the same one and the same thing. Yeah. When you do something illegal, when people arrive there, yes, they were running away. And when they arrive there, they announce themselves. And by the way, by the way, Oliver, this is not happening in the vacuum. The United Nations has set up mechanism for that. Right. After the Second World War. You are aware that the Second World War ended in nineteen 19- 45, yeah. where people were displaced, they were running away and all that. And the United Nations said, no, we can't allow this to happen haphazardly. Let's control it. They passed what you call United Nations Convention on Refugees and Asylum Seekers in 1951. In 1967, they passed a protocol in that regard. And they said countries must go back to their parliaments to ratify it. 
the organization of african unity the oau itself in the name of african unity they passed a protocol in 1969 on how this thing should be done in south africa we ratified that protocol in 1996 we could not have done so because we're not a nation and from there we domesticated it via the refugee act of 1998 so these things are regularized from united nations to AU itself, when it was still all yeah. AU, and to our own laws, it's done that way. Nobody just wakes up and say, yeah, we help South Africa, then we can defraud this, I can bring people illegally, and all that, because uh, we help South Africa during apartheid. That, 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 that sounds like we're being... Uh, 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 you are being blackmailed. Yeah. That's a blackmail to okay. say, look... I helped you. I can come into a house and do whatever I want. I can steal. I can, you know, I, I, I can kill. I can do whatever. I can break all the laws because I once helped you. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't. Minister, uh, we've got two minutes left and I want to ask you this last question as a parting shot. Um, uh, you spoke about what is being done to um, disable corruptibility within the Department of Home Affairs across the value chain, especially at border ports. Um, uh, relating to immigration in particular. You then spoke about the border guards today who on a regular basis will be met with uh, lifestyle audits. Um, all of this is an, an attempt to instill integrity within them. There are many ways to subvert lifestyle audits, for instance. Just don't register assets on your name. Just don't be um, boastful about whatever you're making beyond your means. Uh, all of these sorts of things. What? So I'm not saying don't do lifestyle audits. I'm just saying they have a limitation as a tool uh, as to how far they can, can unearth corruption. What more, though, at a training level is being done to instill a level of patriotism within public servants, specifically relating to the border guards, to to prevent corruption. I think we are reactive to the corruption question. How do we become yeah. preventative about it? Oliver, there is a saying which I like very much. There's no perfect crime on earth. There's nothing like perfect crime. Crime happens and you are not caught because somebody did not investigate or deal with it adequately. Yeah. Yes. And Whatever you do, you, you can hide those assets and all that. Somebody is, is watching somewhere. So there's no question about it. You are not doing it up in the sky. You are doing it here on earth. Among human beings, among human systems. I can tell you somebody is going to tip us. As it is happening now. That's the first thing. The second thing, this group here spent more than a month at Zonderwater Correctional Service Facility. That's a training facility where throughout the whole month they get senior generals from the army from the police from health from environment from agriculture from SARS from home affairs who were taking them through processes yes we did instill some patriotism inside them but this another issue i want to mention uh, as, as i've heard uh, this morning when you're talking about fraud and people being underpaid People continue doing what they are doing if they are no, there's no consequence management. Yeah. And perhaps that's what we've been allowing for a long time, yeah. no consequence management. Now, in home affairs, we are doing consequence management. I can give you a list of those who are now on the run, those who have been dismissed, those who are being charged. And I'm sure you heard every time we charge somebody. We, we give the list. For instance, the, the person who gave... Bushiri, his documents, 
It's no longer working for home affairs. Yeah. The matter is left with the Hawks. We've dismissed that. Four of the people you are working with are going through DC. As I'm speaking, there are consequences. And once people realize there are consequences, they will tend to reduce what they were doing. But if I know that uh, uh, I steal Oliver and I then got caught and I buy a very expensive car in Mercedes, you are also watching and saying, no, but this fellow I'm working with him, he's just <laughs> going, no, 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 me too, I'm going to steal. But if you see him in orange overalls, if you see how he's going to suffer, you're I can tell you, yes, you are unlikely to do it yeah. because you'll think twice. Absolutely. Yes. Minister Mutualeri, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. That is uh, the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Mutualeri.